SBC is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit sovereigninsurance.ca to learn more. Diversify. Don't just put all your eggs in one export market, think about what other export markets you could do well at, and EDC will help you figure that out. With Export Development Canada, doing business abroad doesn't need to be risky. We take on the risk so you can think bigger and grow confidently. EDC, take on the world. You're listening to The Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network where we help women entrepreneurs start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality even faster. This podcast is presented in partnership with Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. Make your way over to startupcan.ca forward slash podcasts to subscribe to the Thrive community. And subscribe to listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Finally, we'd love for you to rate this podcast and leave a review on iTunes for the chance to have it read on air. We want these shows to impact as many people as possible, and your reviews will help us get there. I'm your host, Gomal Minhas, founder of CoreSpace, your one-stop shop for all things work, wellness, and impact. Visit kaur.space to find out more. I'm also the producer of Dream Girl, the documentary film showcasing the lives of inspiring and ambitious female entrepreneurs that we premiered at the Obama White House. I'm so happy to be here today. Welcome to the show. On today's show, we're speaking to Asia Horsley, founder and queen bee of Drizzle Honey. With a background in environmental science and urban agriculture development, Asia has led research projects and startups in this space with her passion for sustainable food production. She is currently the CEO of Drizzle Honey, a honey products company sold across Canada that focuses on changing how the world uses honey. Asia is enthusiastic about bringing innovation to market and bolstering female entrepreneurship. Some of her main achievements include... She signed contracts to have Drizzle distributed and held in a total of six warehouses across Canada. She's also grown her retailer outlets to over 500 locations, with retailers added weekly. And she accepted a $150,000 investment from Dragon's Den investor Arlene Dickinson for a minority stake in Drizzle. She supported over 30 local bee farms, supply chain specialists, and businesses through preferred contracts with local suppliers, thereby supporting their hundreds of Canadian employees. And she introduced three first-to-market food products to the mass market, her Superfood Honey Collection. Welcome to the show, Asia. 
I'm doing very well, and I'm so happy to have you with us here today. So I always love to start with a good origin Hello, story. Hello, how are you? So tell us a little bit about what got you into entrepreneurship and what sparked your curiosity yeah, around honey. Yeah, it's a real honor to be on the show. Thank you. So I have the background in environmental science and had previously worked at a college here in Calgary called SATE. And I was doing urban agriculture research when I worked there. And I was running a number of projects in urban agriculture, which is really how you grow food in cities. So think rooftop greenhouses, living walls. Uh, and we ended up getting this grant for a rooftop beekeeping project. And I couldn't believe I was getting paid to rooftop beekeep and also do a research project on sustainability of rooftop beekeeping. Um, it just seemed too good to be true. And that's how I fell in love with the honey industry, um, fell in love with honey and beekeeping and honeybees and pollinators. Um, and at that time, I learned that there were some not so great things happening in the honey industry at the, at the same time as um, everyone's probably heard about all the issues around the bees. So a few of those things were um, honey wasn't being sustainably produced, so bees weren't being placed in habitats that allowed them to thrive. There was a lot of fake honey coming into the Canadian market and the, actually the North American market as a whole. Um, so a lot of our local beekeepers weren't doing very well. Some of them were actually going bankrupt. And I wanted to do something about this. And I saw a real gap in the market for a sustainably produced, beautiful honey product that really emphasized quality of local raw honey um, and but really was brand forward and spoke to millennial consumers. And there was nothing that. else I'm like that on the market. I'm curious about how did you go about and in the so early days building up the infrastructure around you in terms of people, mentors, a team uh, for you to really succeed? So mentorship and team and people around you are so, so important. I was lucky enough to have already had a background in the honey industry because of this research project. And we were wow. working on a whole bunch of other research projects at the same time um, that pertain to honey. We, I was working on also a steam beeswax extractor. <laughs> yeah, so I, I knew contacts and I wow. knew beekeepers. Um and I formally, this is a whole different tangent. I or, or um, did, did the beekeeping all myself initially, and then I got allergic to bees wow. um, right after. Yeah, right after I launched Drizzle uh, and quit my job. It just happens. Um, there's a bunch of theories around why um, beekeepers become allergic to bees because you're exposed to it so much, or maybe the frequency of stings isn't enough, or... Yeah, I'm not totally sure what happened, but I carry an EpiPen now. Um, anyway, back to the original question about the mentorship. Um, I was around this industry and I was really lucky to have um, some amazing people, especially in the department that I worked in. It was a um, innovation services department. So there's already lots of entrepreneurs around me. Um, 
and the directors of, of that department were also really supportive. Um, and then I was able to get into a business accelerator, which is run by Arlene Dickinson from the Dragon's Den. And that gave me the um, packaged good side of the mentorship. So I knew kind of the agriculture and research side of things, but I did not know anything about distribution and purchasing and running a business at all. I had so um, in terms of no outcomes from that accelerator that. program. So could you share some of your really helped or like most with seminars and um, advice, uh, mentors, uh, and really just getting an understanding of how to bring to our a audience? to market? Yeah, for sure. Oh gosh, there's been so many things. I've learned along the way. I think one thing that I never listened to and everybody told me was that it was going to take three to five years to get the business up and running and potentially be profitable. And I never believed it. I just thought, oh, I'll just do this. And I'll find a way to, to grow the business quicker than that. And um, it's completely true. And I had so many people tell me that, that it's, you know, you're, if you're going to start a business, you're in it for a while and it's takes a long time to get the traction you need within a market and um, to kind of expand out of your local region. If, if that's something that you want to do um, it's, it does take about three to five years. So that wasn't a lie. Um, some other advice around paying yourself. That was, again, something I, I wasn't totally prepared for that I think any entrepreneur does need to be prepared for. It takes a while to start paying yourself. So save up your money. Um, make sure you've got a cushion because you're going to want to invest every penny you can back into the business. And um, most of the entrepreneurs I know don't pay themselves yet or they've just started to. Um and so that's a really big piece of advice. Um, yeah, I think those would probably be the two, the two top that I've learned that were real shockers to me. Mm, absolutely. Yep. And I mean, when it comes to your first business, to be able to go through the accelerator program and take on um, capital from an investor right out of the gate, can you share a little bit about that, that experience of, of getting that seed money and the impact that that had on the trajectory of the business? Yeah, of course. So I had gone through the business accelerator. It was kind of a unique experience. And um, District Ventures now doesn't um, invest quite the same or allow people into the accelerator quite the same. I went through it for the first time. Um, I think it was November of 2016 because we launched Drizzle in August of 2016. Um, our first product went on to shelves at that date. Um, and so I got into the program and there was no investment at the time. And they allowed about 60 businesses to go through and purely get seminars and mentorship and the structure of a co-working space. And then they've decided now the District Ventures Capital, which is a consumer packaged goods specific investment fund. Um, they now allow people in and automatically you receive the investment. So what they actually did was call back just four of the businesses that had previously gone through and asked them, hey, we're starting this uh, kind of a new concept. We'd love to have you participate in it. And um, they offered the investment at that point. So I was I was lucky to have a really extended stay in this co-working mm -hmm. space and we're still in there. Amazing. Yeah. And 
Can you share some of the benefits of the, like, there might be folks who are listening who are considering accelerators or who might be nervous to even apply to programs that could help them jumpstart their businesses or give them the intel, the information, the advice, the funding that they need. Um, Can you share a little bit about how that shifted the trajectory of things for you? Mm -hmm. For me, I, it was a tough decision. I think everyone really needs to consider, do they need the money? What are they going to use the money for? Can you take out loans or do a round from friends and family? Because taking uh, capital from an investment fund is in the end, the most expensive way to obtain money because it's not simply paying back a loan with a certain interest rate. Um, if your company grows to a certain size, they own that portion of the company. So in the end, that like we got the 150000 it could be worth a lot more than that in the end um, when they choose to exit. So it's really careful consideration of when you need to take that money um, and how much you need to take and what your company's valued at. But in the end, for, for us, it was, I feel like it was invaluable because I chose to have a somewhat active investor. Now there's passive investors and there's active investors. Um, If you know a lot about the industry, great, go for passive investors, or if you just need money and that's it. Um, Whereas I wanted someone that knew a lot about the packaged good industry and could really push the business forward and use their network to accelerate Drizzle and I could use their name to get us into more stores and I could use their contacts if we ever run into any issues and um, I think for for me it was a really good decision and I I don't regret it at all at this point. And just as you lay it out like that, it, it was a very strategic and obviously a strategically impactful choice. Because um, my next question is going to be around scale and how in, because 2016, August 2016 being the first product uh, hitting shelves, that's only three years or less than three years. Mm-hmm. So to have scaled and grown um, at the speed and rate that you have is remarkable. So congratulations on that, first of all. Thank but, you. Um, I, What was that experience like to be talking to retailers, to be uh, finding the beekeepers that you want to work with? Um, What was that experience like to begin the scaling process? Mm -hmm. Well, the first, before I had the investment, I did all this work on my own and I I really didn't know too much about distribution. Um, And there's a real... A real way that things are done when you get your product onto store shelves, especially when you're going after big grocery stores and um, you're trying to ship product out across Canada. So it all starts with being able to ship to a warehouse, which is called a distribution warehouse. And um, that distributor is what they're called, then sends product out to all the stores. And all stores have a relationship with a number of distributors. So you have to get in with the right one um, and they catalog your product and, and push it out for you. So that kind of takes care of the distribution network that I had to build out. And then there's also an internal team that I had to build out as well. So, of course, think social media and marketing. A lot of that we outsource. So I found that model to be really good because 
I think every small business needs to run pretty lean at the beginning unless you've got a huge investment. So uh, we have a pretty big outsourced model, like all of our marketing, if we do any press, of course, influencer marketing, um, graphic design and things like that is um, we try and push all of that out so we can just do kind of project by project. And then there's the other side of the team, which is the beekeepers and um, getting the product manufactured and finding these beekeepers to work with. So we actually have a sustainability checklist. It's a big part of our business. Um, Social impacts really important to us. Um, All the people, planet, profit side of sustainability, not just one of those components. Um, So we put together, um, kind of based back on the information I had learned about the honey industry and put this checklist together. And we work with our facility to, to help um, source this honey and with those beekeepers to make sure that we're getting the best quality, uh, most sustainably produced product that we can put into drizzle um, and that it's consistent and um, yeah, that it's just a really nice, clean, raw honey. So can you share a little bit about the sustainability practices in honey production uh, for our listeners who might not be familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. So sustainability to me, I really like to break it down because I think people don't understand what sustainability means. It's people just think, oh, it means you're a green business. But then what does a green business mean? Um And then it kind of gets misconstrued. So sustainability really is about people, planet, profit. It's like those three tiers and how they work together. So, for example, um, people, let's pull that one out and talk about that, how that pertains to drizzle. So we use local supplier relationships. That's um, both at the beekeepers and where we get um, things like printing done and our jars manufactured and um what we're paying, what the beekeepers are being paid and what we're paying like per pound for the honey production. That has to do with people, making sure that the people in our business are sustained. Also has to do with our employees, making sure that they're taken care of and they're making a living wage um, or better than that. Um, So yeah, people. Then there's planet. So this is really, I think, the standard sustainability idea that people think of is the environment. Um, And it is a super key component of it. So to us at Drizzle, that is how are the bees doing? What is their impact overall on the environment? Um, are we kind of creating less impact on the environment versus putting more impact and degrading things um, even worse than they are? Um, in terms of packaging, is our is it affecting the planet in a certain way? So can it be recycled? Um, can it be reused in certain ways? Also looking at uh, the building that we're working in, um, we look at all this stuff. It's all, all really important. So how green is the building? Is there anything we can do within um, the co-working space? And we're lucky enough to, I don't know if everybody out there knows what LEED certified is, but it's um, a measure of the sustainability of your building. So then moving on, so we've done people, planet, and then profit is, of course, the key component of a business. And that's, um, are you able to balance profit with purpose? And are you able to keep your company running despite having to do all of these other really important components um, and give back into the local economy? And, And how much to the local economy, that's something that's important to us, is how much are we giving back into the local economy? And uh, I think we're doing a pretty good job of that right now. 
It's such an incredible holistic approach to business that I think more and more people are hungry for. Um, And I know that you guys are also B Corp certified. So can you share a little bit about the benefits of being B Corp certified and, and what inspired you to pursue the certification? Yeah, of course. So we're actually not B Corp certified yet. Uh, We're going after it. And I want to be transparent about it because I think it's a huge, huge goal. And part of being B Corp certified is transparency and just telling people like this is something that we're doing. It's really important to us. We're going to get scored on our business and we're putting all these little things together um, or big things together for documents and tracing all of our supply chain back um, to make sure that we're meeting all those sustainability criteria that they score us on. Um, but I can speak a little bit about what B Corp is and why why we're going after it and why people should care when they see that stamp on a, on a label. Yeah, please tell us what is inspiring you to pursue. Yeah, so B Corp is basically a business that balances purpose with profit and it's um, holds you up to the highest standards of sustainability and it's a legal certification. So it goes right into our written legal documents that we have to consider our supplier relationships and the environment and the community and the employees with every decision we make. So it's it's quite a lot of, um, I wouldn't say pressure, but it's they're, they're watching and, and responsibility. responsibility. I love that. There you go. Um, yes. And the big part of it is that you're using the business for a force for good. So for us, Drizzle kind of embodies this idea of um, being bee friendly, um, health conscious because we're raw and supporting our local Canadian beekeepers. So using our business as a force for good. Um, and that's that's kind of B Corp in a nutshell, I would say. Thank you for sharing that. We do have an episode for our listeners um, where we did speak to BDC and their lead on B Corps. If you're interested in finding out more, check out the episode guide and, and you'll be able to pick up on that to hear more about what Asia is talking about. Um, from this point, I know that innovation is also core to your company and how you create your products. And um, can you tell us a little bit about your process of, of product development, of remaining innovative with, with the products that you create? Mm-hmm. So I love innovation. I just think it's so cool. <laughs> I know I sound so nerdy <laughs> when I say that. <laughs> I love it. Um, I just, yeah, I think with the work that I was doing before, I got to work with other entrepreneurs that were bringing innovations to market. And I just think it's really neat to look at the way something's done or a certain idea or a certain process or method of something that's done and make it better and make it new. Um, and so you can really apply that to any business and you have to get creative and you have to think of new things, but it's what moves the market forward and makes really cool new products come out. Um, so for us, our innovation, it lies in our supply chain, but it also lies in the new products that we launched. So we put together a line of superfood honeys, and these are a first-to-market line of products, which means nobody else is doing them. And it infuses superfoods and really intentionally selected ingredients into raw honey. So you're getting more of a functional food. So it's not just honey, it's elevated honey, and it's adding the benefits of superfoods into um your everyday honey collection. 
So we've got Ginger Shine, we've got Cacao Lux and Turmeric Gold. So for example, Turmeric Gold, it's got those anti-inflammatory properties, which everyone probably knows about because turmeric is so trendy right now. But we've also put in um, black pepper, rose oil. Um, now I'm not going to remember. No, it's all good. You know, it sounds like it's so, um, what's the word, like just very curated. And, and I know that there's a fancy food word for what I'm trying to say, but it just sounds so um, niche. And, and I would want to, I would want to buy it myself because of the, the, combination of ingredients i'm indian so i do love my turmeric a lot Um, (laughs) but that 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 innovation is huge because you never see that in honey products no it's true there's a lot of really old school products out there in the honey world and i kind of look at the honey world as a like a big sleeping giant like it's been around for ever like i think it's one of the oldest i remember reading this somewhere that it's one of the oldest products that was ever produced and harvested, um, but yet there's just, it's kind of stale. Like it's just oh, you just see your squeeze bear honey, which is probably not even real honey. It's been pasteurized for sure. If it's if it's a liquid kind, and it may be mixed in with the fake adulterated honey, which I had talked a little bit about before. Um, yeah, so we just wanted to make it better, make it more consumable. Um, And it kind of goes back to why I started the business in the first place was I noticed these beekeepers suffering and not being able to sell their own product because all this fake honey was coming into the market. Um, And so I thought, how, how can we get people caring about our local honey and why Canadian honey is so great? And so then I thought, okay, well, we've got to somehow make it a cool package, number one. So that really draws people. And then the second thing is we need to try and increase consumption. And then I thought, okay, well, how do we increase consumption? And then I thought innovation, like we've got to do something different that's um, health food's really trendy right now. Um, Superfoods are a great addition to anyone's diet and it's a really easy addition. And um, I think that kind of gives a roundabout way of supporting an industry like this. 100%. And that actually leads me into my next question of, you know, we, we came back to that origin story of the why, but what is your dream for Drizzle Honey? What is your dream for the impact you make through this company? Mm. Oh, gosh, that's a tough question. It's such a big question. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have partnerships all across Canada. Ours right now are mostly in Western Canada, just proximity um, and then expand out to that being the North American market and we would love to export the product too there's a lot of countries um, I just was on a phone call last night for a, a buyer in China that uh, was telling me all about the uh, kind of the fear that uh, the Chinese have in their products just because there is a lot of fake and adulterated products um, and food in their area and just they think Canadian it's everything here is pristine and healthy and uh, and it's true a lot of it is right it's it's a really I think a trustworthy uh, country and so we'd love to get our product into the hands of more consumers people around the world change the way the world uses honey that's one of our goals Wow. And thank you for sharing that. Um, 
My last question that I ask all of our guests um, is what advice do you have for our listeners so that they can thrive in their business and their lives? It's really around taking the plunge and putting yourself all into it because there's a tribe waiting for you. If you do what you're passionate about and you do it the right way and you do it even the right way, even when nobody's watching you, you're going to attract people to that. Um, you're going to be able to align yourself with consumers and people that think the same way as you. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's just about diving in and, and not being afraid to, to share what you're good at um, and to bring your passion into the world. Thank you so much, Asia, for sharing all of your, your story, your wisdom with us today on the show. I so appreciated you, having you here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us elevate women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada Podcast, hosted by Rivers Corbett. Make sure to visit CoreSpace, K-A-U-R dot space, to learn to better integrate work, wellness, and impact into your everyday life. Until next time, I'm Gomal Minhas. It's time to thrive. <laughs>